0: Hi, my name is Neil Anderson. Welcome to Return to Real. One of my very favorite guests is on today. I love to pick his mind. It has been a dream of mine to find the people I admire and pick their minds. And Dan John just happens to be one of these guys. You want to look him up, danjohnuniversity.com, at Coach Dan John on Instagram. And then this one was the hardest one, Dan. You know how hard you are to find on Facebook? Facebook.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. sorry. <laughs> I have to
0: work at it. I, I went looking for you, and I'm like, um, Coach Dan John, Dan John University, Dan John Strength Coach. I was doing it all. It turns out it's Coach Dan John 1.
1: Oh, is that right?
0: Yeah, that's how I have to find you.
1: I, I didn't worth know it that. to me?
0: It's worth it to me? I'll go looking for you. Heck, yeah. <laughs> I had no
1: idea. Yeah, I had no how idea. are you
0: doing? Thanks for joining us.
1: You bet. Doing great.
0: You look good. I've been following you a lot lately. You've been doing a lot of interesting things. Yeah. I want to start here, though, because I think this is the timely stuff. Sure. Um, what's the future of health and fitness in America? How are we doing? What What's your What are your thoughts right now? We're six weeks into quarantine. We might be opening in as, as few as eight days. What are your thoughts? How are things going?
1: Well, I'm not sure that's a good idea. I don't think the virus uh, is going to follow the timetable, but uh... – well, the future of health and fitness, I think the health of Americans is going to continue to go in a bad direction. Uh, uh, I think when we get done with this whole virus discussion, you know, there's been some interesting uh, – Tone talks about in a recent article. In fact, they just published something on this, is that the overfat epidemic, uh, the, however long, the obesity era, or whatever, people who uh, get uh, the flu shot, you know the flu shot? Sure the the more fat you have, the least helpful the flu shot is. And I'm worried that when you have something like the COVID nineteen thing going on, since it is in the virus, you know, the virus family of things, is the over the, the obesity era and these viri, uh, viruses, viri showing up, are we going to start seeing something along these lines more often? Uh, the in the era of uh, fit as in fit to do a task I think one of the great blessings of this what's going on right now is that most many people have discovered there's no reason at all they go to work if you can do all your work at home uh I have one of my friends Lacey uh read a thing that productivity has skyrocketed during this time because yeah me too uh the number of distractions you have at work you know in fact I I don't want to I've it, it, talked about this with a number of people. Is that you get down, you sit at your desk, you go get coffee. Uh, Bob comes over, talks about the game. You talk about your kids. You get you get your March Madness thing out. You you talk about your fantasy league, your rotisserie league. You you go online. You look at you know the Dilbert comic. Um, right around eleven o'clock, you get to work. At about eleven forty-five, you start taking texts about lunch. And at home, you don't have that. You just get the job done. So I think in the era of fitness, I think actually we might be health and concerned with, and I think the obesity uh, problem is so much more multifaceted than what we like to think. Uh, the amount of microplastics that's in human poop right now is extremely high. So we are consuming a lot of plastic. And that's just not, that, that's not me being a... I'm just saying that is that is an actual fact. The numbers are going up. Um, does that plastic in your system impact something? Uh, the the there's chemicals like BHT and some of the others. Did those impact the fact that we subsidize the United States heavily subsidizes wheat, corn, and soy? Probably my top three of worthless foods. Uh, we we just. Just support those particular grains so much, does it just they 're so readily available they're you know I'm just wondering if it, it, those reasons, yes, we walk and do things less than we used to that's true, but when I was young, you look at pictures of classrooms when I, in the in the sixties when I went to school there's not large children there's not large faculty members
0: Me and neither. in As the seventies you'd find we had that one kid in class that was. It was kind of large genetically.
1: Yeah. My high school football team, we were massively bigger than our opponents. And the big guys on our team weighed 230.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we didn't. I'll bet we had one 200-pounder on my team. I, I grew up in rural um, sure. Boxelder County, but I'll bet okay. we had one 200-pounder.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I didn't break 200 until I was in college. And yet, uh, I would work with high school athletes who all weighed 230. And... They, and <laughs> And they didn't move as well as I did. Uh, So, yeah, the future of health I worry about, the future of fitness, I'm thinking that with the air quality, especially when we're talking here in Utah, the air quality in Salt Lake Valley today, the last month, has been the best I've ever seen it. Everyone has noticed the trees. The trees look the best they've looked in a long time. Now It's spring. I get that. Uh, The birds. uh, maybe for fitness in general, people staying at home, people are sleeping in more, they're eating home cooked meals, they're not going to fast food as much. Uh, a lot of my friends are joking about uh, we're getting notes on our garbage cans from the garbage man with a with a, with the phone number to AA, which I think is kind of funny because you know a lot of a lot of people are drinking a little heavier <laughs> <laughs> lockdown. And I tell you one thing as a former teacher, if you want to start drinking more Hang around, hang around your kids. Uh, it, it'd be interesting. I'd love to go back to teaching just for a year because for the last, oh, I don't know, about eight, nine, 10 years of my career, every parent was convinced that their child never did anything wrong, was the greatest athlete ever to walk on the planet and the finest scholar, uh, you know, kind of a Einstein, Jesus, and Nazareth, Tarzan, all wrapped into one. And a lot of his parents are discovering uh, being around their kid 24 hours a day, uh, they, they might not be the the, the St. Sebastian they thought they were.
0: <laughs> it is a little self-correcting, isn't it? Yeah. Until that second, until that very second, I hadn't realized what it was about the trees this year. You, you've seen it, but you I didn't. Have. I have. It didn't sink in. I remember thinking, you know, it's a beautiful time of year, and I don't remember being that kind of, I guess, romantic <laughs> about driving down the street.
1: Uh, the, I went to uh, one of our grocery stores the other day, and the young lady and I were talking. Uh, she's probably in her sixties, just a child, and uh, she goes, "A little oh, kid." She goes, uh, "I think this is going to be the greatest gardening in the, in the history of Utah." What? And I said, well, that's interesting. I go, "Why?" He goes, "Everybody's coming in and talking about flowers, and should I plant zucchini or should I plant tomatoes?" Oh. and and I think that's a lot of that is from what's going on. So yes, what we're going through is horrible, and my heart goes out to everybody who's been hurt in any way. God bless the people who can't bury their dead. I, as awful as it is to not being able to properly care for the deceased, just hits me at a funny level. Um, but uh, at the same time, I do, uh, I, I do see some some good coming out of it. So there you go, Neil.
0: I appreciate that. I hadn't really even put my finger on the creativity yet. So what you were saying is we're more productive. I would take that up one little tiny notch and say, I don't remember a period of creativity that I've had. I've gotten more stuff done for sure, but I've also done some creative things. I started the zoom workouts online at (laughs) 8am and I've been thinking about doing that for years. And I've never done it, never done it. And all of a sudden you're in this place where like, yeah. And then you're thinking I can do this and I can do this. And all my friends, my kids are making art. And Linz and I are learning to play guitar. And
1: there you go. And and again, so for me, I think a lot of us, and I'll, I'll be frank, you know, I think part of it is I think most now we know that most people are having more vivid dreams. Stress causes more vivid dreams, but. More people are sleeping. More people are uh, like this morning. Tiff woke up and I had slow cooked, slow cooked a delicious oatmeal for breakfast. A 12 hour oatmeal. I spent 12 hours making a five minute meal. And yet, right. So, sleep, quality of food. I haven't seen so many people walking in my neighborhood ever. I look out the window, and it's families. Kids are playing catch. Kids are playing ball. It it reminds me, honestly, of what it looked like growing up.
0: I said that, like, a a, a week ago. I'm like, this must be what it was like to drive through Bountiful in the 50s. Little kids out everywhere. Lots of noise in the neighborhood. Like, you walk through a neighborhood generally, and it's just silent. But this week, it was like noise and laughing, and it was awesome.
1: Well, it's interesting that gas is dropping in price <laughs> time where I have absolutely full gas tanks, yeah, and I'm not going to cry anything for Exxon and mobile and all no. the wrong they can all they 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 did very well on the backs of a lot of wars, so yeah,
0: yeah, you know the other thing about that is i I hadn't put together the whole that's why I like talking to you man, but i hadn't got put together the whole dreaming thing the other night. We wake up, and Lindsay turns to me, and she's like, um, do you remember hitting me last night? <laughs> I'm like, what? I really didn't remember. And she goes, yeah, you screamed like a child, and you you hit like you were defending yourself from something. And I was like, well, that's weird. And then this morning, I did it again. Smacked her in the backside because I felt like somebody was pushing me, and I dreamt that I had to push them away. They're so vivid, and I'm moving more. It's I can't believe. Yeah, you're spot on.
1: Yeah, well, and then one small thing, you know, when I, when I go to the stores, this time of year I like to buy, they're called color baskets. And the stores put them out, they're 8 ten $9, $10 bowls of flowers. Well, I took the one home yesterday and I put it outside. I actually got four of them, but within an hour, they had all opened up and grew. And within a couple hours, it looked like I should have paid $100 a basket for them. And I was watching this happen and I thought to myself, They were inside in fluorescent lights, who not loved. I let them go on this delicious, beautiful Utah day, and they ballooned. And I thought to myself, you know, I love metaphors, but that's a pretty good metaphor. You know, you get outside, you breathe clean air, you go like that, you look a little better.
0: I'm almost hoping it doesn't go all the way back now.
1: Well, in, I did a I did a, a lecture this week that'll be up on, on YouTube in a couple days.
0: Where at? What's the where's it going to be? Where's it going to be? Uh,
1: YouTube. I have a YouTube account. Um, Dan John. Yeah, I think so. Uh, maybe Coach Dan John. I I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I just have look all these...
0: for a few things, folks. Put Coach Dan John. It'll, you'll find it.
1: Um, and it's about it. Really, it's about three uh, authors who really influenced me. But one of the things that got me back, a couple of years ago, I read uh, Mandelbrot's quasi-autobiography. He's the guy who came up with the concept of fractals. And he said that change basically comes in three ways. Mild, wild, and no change. Well, it's interesting because, you know, my wife Tiffany was in Manhattan on 9-11. She saw, uh, a friend of hers saw the first plane go in. They screamed out. He screamed out the window. They all ran to the windows. So she saw the second plane crash. Mm. So she was freaked out. So 9-11 is a big deal in my family. It took us a long time to get her home. But what are the impacts on the typical American about 9-11? Well, you stand in line a little bit longer to go to the airport. Did it affect Disneyland? No. Did it affect nutrition, exercise? No. As terrible as nine eleven was, the effects were mild. And yet if you're a Syrian or a Iraqi, it would be wild. And one of the things I'm thinking right now, that the, the impact of the COVID-19 in some cases might be wild. I think the era of working from home is about to begin. And here's the sad thing, Neil. It should have been this way for, we should have been working at home I don't want to say 20 years. Yeah. Sneaking up on 20 years now.
0: Yeah. I thought the same thing about education. I thought education will never be the same.
1: Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. we're we're learning some good lessons, you know. Um, Okay. For example, my wife doesn't waste any gas, uh, tires, battery wear to go to work. She gets up. Most people now, if they're supposed to be at work at 730, they wake up at 709. Uh, Really, it's... Go to the bathroom, get a cup of coffee. Um, if she needs a, if she needs water, she goes to my tap and uses my water. Uh, lunch, uh, I make lunch for. Her. Sometimes she makes lunch for. Her. Dinner is when she can have dinner if she's supposed to get off at five or whatever it is, and if she wants dinner at five oh one, we can arrange that. If the kids want to come over, my daughters, and they want to eat, they can come over at four. We make dinner as a family. We're out on the deck, deck surfing at six. Uh, we're playing catch with the football, whatever. It is insane, in a way, to think of going back to Tiff rolling out of bed at six, putting on that dry, clean dress, uh, getting in the commute, me driving her down to tracks. She takes tracks in, buys a cup of coffee on the way in, sits down, talks about March Madness for an hour. Yeah, you, you know, I just, I would, uh, yeah, yes. Are there are there issues? Sure, but there's also there's also some quality of life that's better. Um, we've noticed we go to bed. We, I've always been good about going to bed early because that's just because I like to get up early. But we've noticed that going to bed early is just nothing now. The sun goes down, and we're, I wouldn't say we're on uh, camping time, you know, camp time or cabin time, but we're getting close to it. The sun comes up, I roll out of bed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? I'm glad you said this. Listen, my business has been closed for six weeks, and Go I've got a I've got a thump in my chest that's different than any thump I've ever felt in my life. It's weird, right? But this talk has helped me. It's made, it made me see some brighter things. It's helped me understand that there are are some good things that are coming from this, and things that now that you said them, I'm not sure I want to give them up, but. An hour ago, Dan, an hour ago, I would have told you i can't wait to get the doors open I have to go back to business. My wife and I both work at the same place like we we wanted it bad, but i don't know you're swinging me
1: well, but here's the thing uh, there's going to be some things about your 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 the lessons you've learned for your gym uh, during this time that you may want to uh make part of the gym experience you know maybe you Maybe from now on you have you have the work friendly Zoom workout for your members. It that's the workout that's at seven a.m. The work friendly gym workout. Yeah. For those who have to be at work at eight or nine, uh, maybe you have a Zoom option for the rest of your career.
0: We throw the recording up. You're right. It expanded my offering in a way that I've been meaning to in years and never got around to it.
1: Right. Well, you know, I was you know I'm pretty well situated for this kind of thing. I would the, the kind of work I do was, is, is I was able to rally up pretty quickly, but I also feel for a lot of my friends who, who aren't in my situation, but here's what's happening. A lot of them are saying, okay, I'm taking this time to, to build this. Uh, my daughter, for example, just got laid off by the university. All right. So she's a kettlebell instructor and she's good. She's taking, so she doesn't have that career She lost her career this week, you know, so getting back in the kettlebells. She minored in Spanish. She's uh, reworking on her Spanish degree. She's taking John Berardi's precision nutrition course because she feels that's a gap in her education. And I sit back and go, you know, honey, you just got punched in the face, but knock down once, get up twice, you know.
0: Yeah. Is this Lindsay? Is that her name?
1: Lindsay, yeah. Yeah. Lindsay,
0: where can we find her? People need to know her excellent job. Uh, and the reason uh, I know her name is I've been watching it lately.
1: Right. She's on Instagram as Lindsay Robinson. I'm sure if you find me, you'll find her. In fact, we did a video today. That's, um, what,
0: that's daughter, where I saw her.
1: Yeah. My other daughter, Kelly, is a school teacher. And I got to tell you, kind of broke my heart when uh, how she felt when she found out she would never teach those 30 third graders again. Yeah. You know, it kind of broke my heart. But again... This this week she's she's out in the backyard. She's planting flowers. She's redoing this area, and I'm like, <clears throat> "That's what you do, you know." I, I think I told you this story before, and if I and if I if it, I'm sorry if I have, but it's a good one. On December eighth, nineteen forty one, my my cousin Johnny. So my mom is the youngest of thirteen, and I'm the youngest of six. So my family memory stretches long. So my immediate memories are deeper than most. I lost three uncles in the Spanish flu of nineteen eighteen. Oh wow. My grandmother died in 1925. So, you know, my, my dad and uncles, I know stories of World War II that aren't most things about World War II that most people wouldn't know mm-hmm. because I was told by the So December 8th, 1941, um, my mom's family, the McCloskeys, got into the front room, and one boy, it went, it went around the house like this. You're in the Army, you're in the Navy, you're in the Marines. You're in the Army, you're in the Navy, you're the Marines. And the wives and sisters all said, and don't worry, we'll, we'll make sure your kids are fine. Hmm. And um, that's what they did on December 8th. And that's what we should be doing now. We should be saying, you know, I, you go do what you have to do, I'll take care. I'll take care of you, um, Neil. I'm gonna take care of you, Neil. You got to take care of me. That's what we got to be right now.
0: Yeah, let's start. Let's start coming together as a community. I loved. I loved it during nine eleven how that happened. I'm seeing that to some degree right now, but it's different, isn't it, Dan? Like there's also that thing that's going on when you get to the stores. Where I went to Costco the other day and I didn't wear my face mask and I I got. Stank eyed by a few folks, I got scuzzed pretty hard, and I thought, you know, this would be such a beautiful time, and it could the things could happen like you're talking about right now if we would all just look each other in the eyes and smile, if we could just add to the collective instead of looking at people. I got I got a damn Facebook message the other day from a lady that was like, "Let's do this. Here's a great idea. Why don't we keep track of everybody that's breaking." Um, social distancing rules. Let's shame them by pointing our cameras at them and uploading it to Facebook. And I thought that is a monumentally bad idea.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I am concerned. And I think it's a top down issue of the blame game. I think one of the things I don't think in the middle and in, in the middle ages, when they did the blame game with the black death, it turned out not only historically wrong, but historically inappropriate, you know? So, you know, it's, listen, in our lifetime, there's a good chance that a volcano is going to go off. And, you know, we might have three years of darkness. It happened in the 1700s. It happened uh, in the 1400s. It happened. uh, There was a forest fire in Canada in the 1700s that darkened Washington, what we now call Washington, D.C., for months, months. And I don't remember George Washington writing a note to John Adams. It's you guys' fault. Would you open open the blinds or whatever? Yeah, we got to get out of the blame game, man. Let's move on. I like the questions you asked. Right? You okay,
0: go. let's do this. Um, I've got to take a little break and then we'll come back and we'll run through some more questions. I've got some good ones. Thank you so much for this discussion. I love having you on the show. Folks, you are listening to Return to Real right here on KSL. Hi, welcome back to Return to Real, I'm Neil Anderson, I'm here today with Dan John, and you need to look this guy up, danjohnuniversity.com is where you'll find most of the stuff. This is a guy that couldn't walk through a fitness expo without getting mobbed, and if you're in my profession, you know him and you admire him, and I'm excited to be able to introduce him in this venue. We've been talking a lot about some fun stuff with what the state of the nation is right now, what's the state of the fitness nation. And I've enjoyed that, that conversation. Thanks, Jan. There, Dan. That was uh Dan John that went together as Jan. It was weird. That
1: was a, that was a, yeah. That was a...
0: Okay. Let's move on. What's the 10,000 swing challenge?
1: All right. Well, boy, you got, I hope you have time. About seven or eight years ago, I had a real long phone conversation with a magazine called testosterone nation.
0: T nation. You bet. I read it.
1: It used to be known as muscle media, 2000 good magazine. And, uh, they were angry in a sense that people were writing kettlebell articles when they said, according to them, this is them, I am the expert in kettlebells. And so I said, jeepers, I guess that, would, that happened quickly. Uh, and, they, and the publisher asked me to do something about a 10,000 swing challenge. And I feel bad for my friend Mike Warren Brown because it then became our job to figure out how you can do 10,000 kettlebell swings. Now, folks, if you don't want to swing us, it – if you only did one kettlebell exercise, it would be the swing. Uh, kettlebell swings by themselves just might be, and I hate the sentence I'm about to say, but it might be the best exercise you can do. I hate what I just said.
0: <laughs> of course.
1: But if, 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 you know, gun to my head, I had to pick one that does the most work, it would be the kettlebell swing. So the first day we go into the gym, we grab our twenty-four kilo bells—that's fifty-three pounds—and we we swing a thousand times. Now it takes us a walk. whoa in one day. Yeah, so we figure okay, ten days, a thousand swings, ten thousand. We get to eight hundred the next day, and I turn to Mike and say, "Mike, I can't move. My lower back was so full of blood, so pumped up that I couldn't keep going." So.
0: What about your hands? How did you hold on to it, and weren't they calloused and and? Oh yeah,
1: That's that's. If you want a good grip, if you want a good grip, good butt, good hamstrings, good lower back. There you go. So we finally settled on a system of of basically 500 swings a day for 20 days, and then uh, we did. I did a total of 40,000 swings to write that first article. 'Cause I kept trying to figure out how to make it best. So that article sat for about seven years and then when the shutdown happened, uh by the way, it was the most discussed article in the history of testosterone nation. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I caught that. Years ago I caught that. I mean, I stumbled onto a forum that was about seventy thousand deep at one point.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there was eighty thousand unique posts about it on, on within like three or four days. Which does, I mean, like people posted on it, not replies. But, well, we, we've done a lot of it since then, and I had some other ideas. And when this whole thing exploded again, uh, probably the most, if you don't mind, one funny little thing. It's in the article, but it's absolutely true. Uh, I said something about uh, my daughter's doing the 10,000 Swing Challenge, and someone posted, well, you're a little late to the party. Which, I read that, and I thought that was so, so funny. So what's funny about that is that, yeah. You invented I invented it. I invented it you. Yeah. So uh, this last week, Testosterone Nation came up with uh, with my revised article. Uh, I still stand by what I said in the first one, obviously, but the second one just gives you some more options to do the 10,000 swings. Now, ladies I and gentlemen. saw that. Now, what, me, just
0: to break that down, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Is, is it have – is the new article the the difference meaning you're doing some strength training in between it, your push and pull, no, it, and squat and hinge?
1: It's just other options. The original had up to fifty reps in sets. Well yeah. uh, I didn't realize and I'm I'm not trying to pat myself and Mike on the back too much, but Mike's a big engine. Uh we're both kettle very good kettlebell instructors. We know how to do the thing. We know if I'm doing five hundred swings in a workout, four hundred and eighty five of them are Really, really good. I'll have a few that are excellent. You, you follow my point? Yeah. Uh, sure. And I'll put the bell down. If I have a crappy rep, bell goes to the ground. Mm-hmm. But most people don't have that, you know, you know what I'm saying? They don't have yeah. that quality for the 500. You can get away with a few bad reps, a handful, uh, maybe low double digit, but. If you do five hundred bad reps you you're not going to survive
0: no there's there's like four things in my gym that'll screw you up and um you know you got you got the kettlebell swings one of those that'll hurt you, so back,
1: you know. the first option is what my daughter Lindsay does she just does one and she does as many as she feels like she picks up on that number say it's she goes to fourteen she picks up on fifteen and goes to thirty two she picks up on thirty. And then gets five hundred swings. That's option one, which I think is probably the best for most people. Option two is what I love. My favorite is I have twenty six bells. So we put twenty five of them out there. We do twenty uh, do each one for ten, each bell for ten twice, and that you fly through. And then the third option is when you mix hypertrophy work, bodybuilding work, with the the, the swings. Yeah.
0: I love that. I love the thought of it. And um, are you on it right now? Are you doing it?
1: No, I have my own. I do my own thing. No,
0: you've done your you've done your thing. I loved it. I stumbled onto it and I had to ask you about it. I loved your answers. Like when people were asking you questions, like what's the best way to do them? You're like, do them. Just do them. Start. Get going. Start. <laughs> right, I love that. that. I love that. So many people in our industry try to complicate and overcome.
1: Uh, Neil, here's the thing. I've got a program called Mass Made Simple. It's a uh, 14 workouts, six weeks to build body mass. And I'll get emails, I still want to do triathlons. Can I do Mass Made Simple? Yeah. Well, did you do Mass Made Simple? No. You're just asking questions out of the – so with the most people, you'll answer almost every question yourself. I've had people tell me, when I got through on the 20th day, the 500th rep – all of a sudden, I understood your frustration at questions. Yeah. Because every stupid question I had got answered by the repetition. Okay. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, there's a life lesson there. You know, uh, I'm a big believer. Uh, I don't know if you know this about me, Neil, but about once a year, I go to a workshop and I take it. Um, you know, original strength, fit ranks, uh, kettlebell. I sit in the front rows of things. I like, I will, I never recommend yes or no on something unless I do it. And most people want to talk in the front about it. You know, I tell you, I don't know, you, you play football, right? American football? Yeah. Okay, kickoff team, to try to explain to somebody the fear of a kickoff team. You know, you're starting the game, you're nervous, but it's also a kickoff, which can be the most, it can kill you. Literally, you can die on a kickoff team. And to explain what that rush feels like, uh, you can't just raise your hand and say, so, no, no, you got to do it, man. You got to sprint down the field and get hit by really big people in the face, you know?
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love your advice on that. Let's go. Let's keep moving. I want to want to shotgun some of this stuff because I love it. Um, I'll do my best. T- talk to me about the magic of loaded carries. You were the first guy and about the only person I've ever heard talking about loaded carries because – You say there are five main things. Push, pull, squat, core, let's not say core, hinge, um, and then loaded carry.
1: Right. Push, pull, hinge, squat, loaded carry. So loaded carries are when you put a heavy uh, backpack on, drag a sled, push a car, or carry weights for time or distance, okay? So you can carry them like a bear would carry them. You can carry them like a farmer, farmer walks them. All I know is this, is that every time I've had somebody do it, it's transformed their athletic career. Uh, yes, it's people say, well, it's good for your grip. Yeah, it's good for your grip. Uh, well, it's good for the – yeah, but what it is is if you go back to the original weightlifter, the original progressive resistance guy, Milo or Milo, who picked up the bowl, he didn't do tricep extensions with the bowl. He carried the bowl. There is something about carrying things, walking under load, that builds a weird kind of total body strength that I'm just not sure you can get it doing anything else. Uh, it's weird because you could always go a little farther. And improvement is not – is. I wouldn't say it's exponential, but the improvement is shocking. Uh, I can give you uh, body weight in both hands. Uh, let's say uh, – yeah, let's, you put a trap – you pick up a trap bar and you go for a walk with it with your body weight. The first time, you might only get 25 yards. The second time, you might get 100 well, what happened in those days? Well, yeah. you could say, well, I accommodated, I adapted, and I agree with you. But what you'll also notice in a few days is you'll be playing basketball with your friend, and he'll push you, and you won't notice it, and he'll slam on top of his head. Uh, that's the kind of thing that happens. So to me, the magic the magic of loaded carries is the magic of loaded carries. It just happens. And I love
0: it. amazing of- stuff. I've never heard of it before. And because of that, I started it myself. Yeah. I started doing some loaded carries. And I'm just playing with it. I don't really know what I'm doing with them. But I picked up some heavy stuff. I went The first time, I bit, went about 90 pounds. I figured that's about enough. And I put it on a hex bar. And I carried it across the room. And um, by across the room, I'll bet I took it 10 or 15 steps.
1: Okay, enough far.
0: Okay. Okay. And I, I stopped. I turned around. I came back. I couldn't believe the impact it had on my body the next day. I really... Yeah. Really close attention to my body. I, I walked it back and forth five times. I kind yeah. of think that there's a magic in the number five, and I walked it back and forth five times. And I thought the next day I had been run over by a truck. Yeah. it's really impactful. Now let's 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 not say I, I wasn't injured by any means, but I was. I had cricks in my knees, and I had, yeah. cricks, and I had cricks in my back and my shoulders that I haven't experienced. Ever. And I work out daily.
1: Well, Claude and Jack Gregory had a 56 Chevy. And I figured that's why I was such a great athlete. Because that thing would break down all the time. And we'd have to push it. So, you know, uh, push it. Folks, find a 56 Chevy. But really, if you're a parent of a high school football player, take them to a parking lot. We've got millions of them in the state not being used right now. We've got these massive buildings every every quarter mile or state called Steak and Ward Houses, and they got these huge parking lots. Have the kid push the car around the parking lot a few times. Uh, it's a great – it's the best workout you can do. You can easily social distance because you got one person driving and one per- person pushing. Heck, you ought to just sell memberships to your gym and make a lot. Here, give me 20 bucks to push my car around. I've gas done it. Cows, gas pounds would be great. There's a, there's a <laughs> good moneymaker. How'd you get so much money? I had people push me around. Push my car? pushing yeah. Push
0: my car? Um, who, are you, who are you listening to in fitness right now? Who are the voices that you're paying attention to, past or present?
1: Yeah, more and more uh, modern is Phil Maffetone, M-A-F-F-E-T-O-N-E. I first read his work in 1986, and I thought he was uh, insightful, smart. He understood aerobics. His click. He's never deviated from this beautiful path. I wouldn't say he recommends eating paleo, but his two-week induction was in uh, McDougal's book, book, "Natural Born Heroes." Um, he's every if you ever use the one hundred and eighty minus formula, that's Mafitone. Um Here's a weird thing: in the last few days, I deep dove into uh, into the uh, work of Clarence Bass, who's also known as Ripped. You know, he's the Ripped guy and I, I have four or five of his yes, books
0: that's old time that's that's from way he, back
1: but he's still with us and mm-hmm. uh, i read uh i reread three of his middle books uh the books when he was in his late 50s um challenge uh challenge yourself which i thought was a very interesting book he's about he's younger than i am uh it's interesting he talks about doing the quick lifts again the snatch and the clean and stuff um it's interesting because this technique in the it are, is just terrible in the pictures of him cleaning. It's just horrible. And uh, I, I, I worried that, you know, uh, it, if you're going to do quick lifts as, as an adult, you, your technique has to be gorgeous. It just has to be masterful. Um, I, I did a really interesting thing uh, on this lecture, I think I told you. I, re- I reread Irving Dardick's book, Quantum Fitness, Matthew Tones, Everybody is an Athlete, Everyone is an Athlete. And Art Devaney's book, The Devaney Diet, or here in the States it was called The New Evolution Diet. Um, I reread those, and then I did a, a lecture on comparing the three books. Uh, boy, I've been reading a couple of German books lately. Uh, somebody asked me about single leg Olympic lifting, so I went back to my, uh, it was it Spirit? Yeah. Oh, ver in Stoss shot, put, discus, hammer, and javelin throw book in German. And I was looking up on the research they used on single leg stuff. And then I have a book called Kraft Training in German, where it's um, a lot of single leg and interesting things. And I've come to the conclusion that I don't see any value in it at all. (laughs) The single leg Olympic Olympics. It's like, man, the learning would just, the amount of time it would take you to master that, your nervous system would be, a little angry with you. Yeah,
0: yeah wouldn't you think?
1: So um, maybe a little esoteric uh, than, than most of your readership, but my family and I, uh, because of my daughter Lindsay, we're all rereading Harry Potter, uh, the first Harry Potter. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, depending on what version you have.
0: Uh, I've seen you do podcasts on some of these books, where people that yeah. are Harry Potter enthusiasts and – Lord of the Stone types of I don't I don't know yeah. is
1: like, T H White Sword of,
0: Sword of the Stone yeah yeah Sword of the Stone yeah yeah that my, stuff What's the thing is, is it just literature Is it mind
1: body yeah. kind of stuff My first published article was on uh, the poem Beowulf My mm-hmm. first public talk was on King Arthur um Yeah I'm a, I strive really hard to make sure I I keep well grounded in the classics uh I think you need to be a. I think you need to be a well viewed person and a well read person. Last night, my wife and I watched the nineteen sixty five "How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying," and uh, it is uh, Bob Fosse was the uh, uh, dance uh, choreographer, uh, Robert Morse, who later became famous on Mad Men. Um, it's just a marvelous show. I think. I think. I think who you, who you are is. What you read, who you hang around with, and what you view. So I think you have to be a little bit. Um, I would say you have to be a you know like a, a barbarian at the gate, or uh, you, you you have to kick you have to be a goalkeeper and kick away everything, but you have to be a little discerning about what you let hit your vision and hit your ears. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I've been reading a lot of Wayne Dyer recently, and that's one of the things he said. I
1: mean, yeah, Wayne Dyer. Uh, uh, for those of you who might not remember, very right? A very positive, insightful man. Uh, is he still with us?
0: No, I uh, sadly he passed several years ago.
1: Okay, yeah, he for a long time almost every forward to a book was either Dr. George Sheehan, uh, who wrote On Running and Being, or Wayne Dyer. Those guys must have written more forwards. Um, I one thing, if you don't mind me, uh, I just uh, wrote a forward to a book, uh, it's Dave Draper's. Dave not Dave Draper was mr Universe uh, he was the big muscle guy that was in the Monkees. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in uh, he was in the beverly hill bill as well he 's struggling with a couple of things and he and I was asked to write the forward and the book is called uh, uh, in the Rearview mirror and uh, i read that i've read that book probably through three times now of course he was very close to Sharon Tate, who of course was killed by he the he murdered by manson yeah and um, and the nice thing was he doesn't uh, he doesn't go into that so but uh, it's a lovely book yeah
0: yeah um I'm gonna go check some of those out before I let you go though I have to find out what tonic Thursdays are and why
1: well tonic Thursday so coach mon at Utah State University had a thing called the forty eight the two day lag rule or the forty eight hour lag rule let's just go with two days okay okay. You can train hard the day before a track meet, and it won't impact your performance. But two days will. Oh so, really? Yeah. So at Utah State, Thursdays was basically my workout would be warm up, and so I would warm up for the if, if I was throwing to say that, if I was doing all three the shot put, discus, and hammer, then I would kind of come out, do a general warm up, do a few discus th- uh, drills, maybe take one throw, go to the shot put kind of re-warm up, take one or two standing throws, done. Go to the hammer ring, do a few drills, let one hammer throw go, and go home. So we're talking about half an hour, not nothing. So this tradition started with me, this idea that um, since I used to mostly compete on Saturdays throughout my adult career, Highland games are on Saturdays, weightlifting meets are on Saturdays, track meets are on Saturdays that Thursday should always be an easy day. And tonic comes from the same root as tune, like you tune a violin or tune a guitar. And so what Thursday we try to do is tune up. We do mobility drills. We do flexibility drills. We stretch our toes, our our fingers, our, our wrists, our ankles. We do the child's pose, the toe cracker, you know, the toe breaker pose, um, we try to go through. We do a, lot, a fair amount of rolling on the ground on these different, very basic, simple rolls. And the idea is, when you're done, is to stand up and go, "Yeah, you know, I I feel better than when I got here." And that's and that's as simple as it can be. Historically, it's the most popular workout. And then what we did for years was Friday was the heavy carries day. Um, we've changed that now to a well, yeah, it still is. I was just I was about to say it's a rucking day now, and the difference between rucking and loaded carries is going to be hard for most people to see. But uh, yeah, so the Tonic Thursday idea, so I think it's important, and I hope the listener would listen to this. I think it's a big mistake to always think of going to the gym as an opportunity to throw up and get sweaty and feel crappy.
0: That has gotten so popular over the last 10 years that's all anybody can think of if i tried to do tonic thursdays my people are a little more discerning too but even they would be like now we going to work out
1: right and so what you need to do and i think it's very important is to have you know you could over time you're only going to be able to have at least one hard session a week and truth once you get the better and better and better you get the only hard sessions you can have are competition uh, that's one of the hardest lessons to learn uh, as an athlete, is if you're constant, you know if you're constantly, you know, tink- you know, bang, 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 banging at ninety percent, you'll never get your hundred because you- there's no there's no ceiling to go to. You know, uh, I-, I use the image of a rubber band. You got to let it go sometimes. And the Tonic Thursday is a conscious reminder that I'm going to let it go, and I'm l- I'm getting ready to let it go, and that's part of it. And I think it's a beautiful idea. Uh, weirdest thing, though, Neil, is that it's also the day most people get the hungriest.
0: I was, I was listening to that. What's your explanation for that?
1: I think that mobility work, uh, going through a full range of motion, uh, flexibility work, that whole stretching yourself, I kind of just wonder if that makes your body kind of go, okay, this is different. Let's, there's something coming around the pike here. Let's throw some more food down the barrel so we're ready for whatever it's about to hit us. And here's the funny thing. A heavy meal after a tonic workout is probably the meal that you're going to be using. The, the, that's the kindling and the firewood that you'll be using on Saturday's competition. Wow. If wow. You
0: think, yeah. That's, that's interesting stuff, and I love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you know, if you if you ate lunch, I mean, if you ate a big brunch on Thursday, and you, by law, had to fast until competition on Saturday, you'd be fine. You'd be fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I never thought that before. That's the first time I've said that out loud.
0: Would you go as far as saying, you, Dan John, would you go as far as saying it might speed metabolism on Thursday to slow down a little bit?
1: Yes. Yes, yes, wow. because we know that's true. Nice. Because the biggest mistake I think you can make uh, is when you talk about training, slide over to that Soviet top-down thing. I think the most important thing is that every listener has to understand that, gentle listener, you are the architect of your training. You are the architect of your body. You own it. And then once you get, okay, that's, so that would be step one. Step two is to get rid of that idea that the bathtub model of nutrition is right. Uh, you, you know, you, you have this faucet on and you have the drain and you want them to equal each other. It's, that's, that's just not elegant enough for, uh, for survival. So what you have to start thinking is, uh, and it sounds crazy, but it gets back to the mild, wild and no. Um, sometimes, sometimes, you, the best thing you possibly do for your, yourself is to take a one-hour nap. Sometimes the best thing you can do to lose body fat is sleep 12 hours a night. I did that as an experiment years ago. Well, maybe another time we can talk about it. I lost 13 pounds in a week just by sleeping more. Well, yeah, of course and you, you did. Of course, because you never crave carbohydrates. You never want them. You don't need them.
0: And sometimes that craving is just the stress that your body can't offload.
1: Exactly. So mm-hmm. sometimes the worst thing you can do for your body composition is going to the gym and turn on, turn on the burners because what's going to happen is that's just more stress, which is more cortisol, which is more spiraling downward. Uh, heck, I mean, I've heard people explain this, but that's the road to syndrome X. That's the road to the obesity, the diabetes, the high blood pressure, that, that whole multiple causation what we call now syndrome x yeah yeah,
0: yeah. i have been enlightened Good. i have been uplifted and i have been educated and i'm grateful to you dan john if you are looking for dan john danjohnuniversity.com that's the best place to find you
1: yeah and uh, don't forget uh be, during as long as the coronavirus is around 3 months for 29 bucks gets you full access to I think we have 15 books up there for free now. Wow, over 100 articles. But the best thing is that little workout generator that it'll—you can train at home, no equipment. No matter what you say, we can help you out. Okay.
0: DanJohnUniversity.com. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us today, Dan. I love talking to you, buddy. Thank you so much.
1: We'll do it again soon. Okay.
0: All right, folks. You've been listening to Return to Real right here on KSL.